Look at me, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) For I am the poor fool who built all this. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we're going to talk about the Mount Washington Hotel in New Hampshire, which is said to be haunted. Yeah, if you Google it, you might see it under the name the Omni Mount Washington Hotel. It has been gobbled up by a gigantic hotel chain where it's said to be the crown jewel mm. in the their line of hotels, okay. I guess. Um, for good reason. This is a beautiful, yes. gigantic, ornate Elegant hotel situated in uh, the woods and the mountains of Mm -hmm. New Hampshire. And it has all the features that you want out of a spooky old haunted hotel. Absolutely. It's like kind of isolated. Mm -hmm. It's sprawling. Gigantic. And I've seen it referred to as being reminiscent of the haunted mansion, Disney's haunted mansion, time and time again. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's also been the place where uh, rich muckety mucks convene. It's where a lot of people go to summer. Yeah. There are a lot of winter activities there as well. And it does have a pretty interesting history. But the biggest thing to get out of the way, I think, is the perhaps connection to The Shining, Stephen King's The Shining and or Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, A lot of people refer to the Mount Washington Hotel online. They say that it was the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. However, I think you and I both know that the place that's actually meant to be the inspiration for The Shining is the Stanley Hotel Mm -hmm. out in Colorado. But here's the weird thing. The Stanley Hotel in Colorado does not at all look like the Overlook Hotel as seen in Stanley Kubrick's filmed version of The Shining. But the Mount Washington Hotel really does. It really does. It looks a lot like the Overlook. I don't know. I I do not have the architectural vocabulary to be able to adequately explain what it looks like, but it is very long, mm-hmm. the hotel. And the, the overlook as seen in The Shining, I would describe as looking like there's like a triangular slice to it. Yeah. Right? Like there there's like, you know, one long corridor and then it bends at like a 45 degree angle and there's another corridor. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what the Mount Washington Hotel looks like. It almost made me do a double take when I was doing my research because it makes you think, okay, well, then maybe it definitely has something to do with The Shining. Right. Maybe, maybe not the book. Maybe the movie. Maybe the production designers designed the Overlook Hotel from the movie, which is not a real mm-hmm. building. It was built for that film. Maybe they designed it based off of this. I have nothing to corroborate that. Right. I do have competing uh, declarations here. There's a website, nhliving, newhampshireliving.com, that claims The Shining was partly filmed at the Mount Washington Hotel. Oh. But I don't have that confirmed at all. I found a, 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 a website that lists out all of The Shining's filming locations. Not a one of them is said to even be on the East Coast. Yeah, I, I didn't come across that at all. So I think that it has entered into sort of a popular yes. New Hampshire culture to say that this hotel and The Shining have some connection, particularly because the Mount Washington Hotel is said to be haunted. Right. And I also wonder if maybe a lot of like giant resorty hotels like this have that kind of look. We just don't come across all of them because why would you? Yeah. And we come we've come across this one because it's said to be haunted. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a long hotel is a thing. Maybe. Yeah, there uh, Wikipedia refers to it as a Y-shaped hotel. Okay. So just to give you that sort of idea of the very angular front which maybe the overlook was made to look that way, to your point, because that was a, a, a thing, common maybe. model yeah. for upper classy, you know, spas and hotels and getaways. Right. I have no idea. Places that have a sun deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, truly, the Mount Washington Hotel's sun deck is supposed to be so long that you can actually run laps around the entire hotel. And that can just be your fitness regimen because the, the sun decks are notably... Uh, just long straightaways. I mean, that's cool and everything, but couldn't you say about anything? Yes. Like, I could run around your house a bunch of times. That could be my fitness regimen. So I'm not that impressed. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I could run anywhere. My God, you're right. 
<laughs> Take that one off of the uh, the marketing plan. Right. You can even run around the hotel if you want. Right. It's a notable <laughs> feature of it that you can do this thing. Much like literally everything, you can run around this building. Right. Imagine the elevator races we could have had. Oh, my God. That was fun. Hell, yeah. It was yeah. fun. We used well, to do that all the time when Chris and I were kids. If we were on some sort of a road trip, which usually meant we were moving. Yes. I mean, I can't think of another time this happened, by the way. We took, like, no vacations, which is okay. Yeah, it's Totally fine. fine. The vacations were, like, going to visit family. Right. But so, yeah, it'd be that we were moving somewhere, and we were, like, staying at a hotel halfway, and Will and I would race each other using the elevators. So mm-hmm. there'd be kind of an, an element that was out of our control, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history of the hotel itself. Mm-hmm. Um, construction started in the year 1900. It opened in the year 19. 19- It was built by a man named Joseph Stickney. Uh, By this point, he was in his 60s. He was married to a woman named Carolyn. He was quite rich. They, they, I, I saw the phrase spared no expense all over the place in my research into the, uh, the Mount Washington hotel, which is exactly the phrase that's, uh, used in Jurassic Park. Oh. And it seems to be a phrase that portends doom. (laughs) If you spare no expense. There's going to be trouble. You're marked for death. That's (laughs) so funny. uh, Here's what uh, Joseph Stickney said at the opening ceremony of the hotel. Look at me, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) For I am the poor fool who built all this. Oh. Within a year, he would die of a heart attack. Oh, my God. One year later. Um, You want to hear some trivia about Joseph Stickney? Um... (laughs) Okay, so yes. I found this out from, I'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, there's a book called Life with the Afterlife by Amy Bruni that I read. And um, that's how I found out about Ma- the Mount Washington Hotel even being a thing because she loves going there. And I'll get to it a little bit later. But the hotel commissioned a painting of Joseph Stickney to hang in the lobby. And the artist accidentally used a photograph of another man with the same name as the likeness to work from. So the portrait that's hanging in the lobby of the Mount Washington Hotel is of a bank teller. Wait a minute. They just <laughs> hung it up anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe it's up like now as kind of a, a joke or something. I that, that It's weird. It's okay. It's I guess it's okay to make the mistake originally maybe it wasn't always up like that maybe they now because they definitely they lean into and embrace the whole ghostly sort of thing right and this bank teller is actually a dude who was murdered not so far away in another town in new hampshire so i don't know maybe just the the oddness of that plus them really leaning into this being a haunted hotel maybe that prompted them to put this up or something i have no idea but it's a thing there was another man named joseph stickney also in new hampshire yes isn't that surprising yes right uh, so i guess that's strange. why that that painter probably thought he was in the clear when he found a joseph stickney he's like okay so it's the one well hell yeah mm-hmm. uh, let's we raise a toast to the other joseph stickney right. who is immortalized in the hotel built by the original joseph stickney correct how bizarre very um there is a place in the hotel still now called the cave grill um, and it was part of the original hotel's construction. During Prohibition, um, there was moss that would hang down from the ceiling, and it was a speakeasy. Uh, if they thought that they were about to be raided, because speak uh, the Prohibition was that alcohol was outlawed. So if they thought that they were about to be raided by G-men, come in to <laughs> sniff around and see if they were selling that demon's booze there was a warning system that would give them time to hide the booze in a false ceiling above the dance floor cool so it was truly like what you want out of a speakeasy where you have like a special button that you push and everything flips up and disappears that's awesome which is kind of fun um the hotel itself also has a ton of like historical significance that I I was unaware of. I didn't even know that this happened at all. So um, there was an event called the Bretton Woods Conference toward the end of World War II, where essentially every leader of every nation on the globe had to figure out how do we deal with the financial aftermath of World War II. That's so, some like Bilderberg group kind of stuff? Yes. Okay. It's It feels very conspiracy theory-ish. It really happened. Mm-hmm. This is a, an absolutely- Well, the Bilderberg group is a thing. 
Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, John Ronson has mm-hmm. a book where he he goes into that. It's called Them. It's yeah. about conspiracy theorists and stuff. So some of these conspiracy theories are like halfway true. Like there is a Bilderberg group, but they don't necessarily really control everything that people say that they do. Yeah. They control a lot. They're not necessarily up to what the conspiracy theories say. Right. They They're are like up not to. part of the New World Order. But no, this this uh conference at the Mount Washington Hotel where it was held because they felt that the Mount Washington Hotel was suitably remote and large enough to hold everyone. Um, it was to set up a new system of rules, regulations, and procedures for the major economies of the world to ensure their economic stability. Um, it was uh, They established the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. That's what happened here. Um, I have no comprehension of how you do those things, so I'm not going to get into it more than that necessarily. But I do like uh, this uh, detail or lack of detail from the government. Right. The Mount Washington Hotel toward the end of World War II had fallen into disrepair. Joseph Stickney had built it and died a year later. It was then transferred to his wife, Carolyn Stickney. Then her nephew took it over. Then they sold it. The Great Depression was happening. Prohibition was happening. Things weren't going well. It was closed down. So by the time that World War II was ending and everybody had decided we need a place that's remote that we can do this and somebody suggested the Mount Washington Hotel, it had been vacant and it was falling apart. That's Awesome. So, like, very fancy muckety mucks. Yes, we're meeting in like a broke down, humongous hotel. Correct. And I imagine staying there. Maybe probably. Not I don't know. I, it's so remote. I, w- right. I would guess. So. Yeah, because it's so remote. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This is from NewEngland.com explaining uh, the circumstances. That's cool. Roofs had collapsed under heavy snow, and wallpaper was peeling off the walls. Undaunted, the government sent in 150 workers armed with new furniture and 50 cans each of white paint with just two months until the conference they were told that if it didn't move paint it white huh so because everything in there was like rotting and falling apart (laughs) so if something is at least stationary just paint it white literally throw a coat of paint on it even if it's it's you know a piece of crap that might break any moment and we'll just live with it they truly did that in an apartment that i lived in everything was just painted white yeah like they painted over um the like the the door like just closing mechanism not even just locking so you couldn't close the door because that little thing that catches was unable to move because it was glued oh with white paint we we had that at our old apartment too (laughs) so we 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 called our landlord and he had like his handyman come over and they both came over to look at it and the guy looked at he's like oh you know what it is muhammad oh i painted over this and i was like yeah i think i found out the problem i know what it is i messed it up it was my fault. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know what it is? Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten to the bottom of it. I did it. It was so weird. <laughs> That's like weird when you hire a detective yeah, to uh, figure out who the murderer was. And they uh, g- gather everybody into the great hall and go, I have located the murderer. Twas I. <laughs> no, but more casually than it. that. He was like, oh, this huge problem that you've been having? Oh, I did this. Oh, must have been me. (laughs) For no reason. Um, Anyway, uh, the paint, the white paint made everything look clean and new, but the workers weren't concerned with the historic preservation of any of this, so they had ended up painting right over mahogany doors, brass fixtures in the Great Hall, and even some of the Tiffany windows. Oh, wow. Like a border, (laughs) like the gigantic dining hall. Um, So they really just didn't they took those instructions quite literally they just had to get it done yeah. there's no other option um so let's get into the the haunting aspect joseph stickney built the place he died a year later which is just the worst timing truly what a bummer yeah <laughs> and uh then his wife carolyn inherited the hotel carolyn picked a room for herself room 314, where she would live, essentially. She stayed there most summers. She spent a lot of time there. She remained part of the upper-class life. Um, It is said that uh, she had such control over the hotel that uh, they had this gigantic indoor pool. I think it was the first indoor pool in all of New Hampshire. This place was really, for the time, for the beginning of the 20th century, this place was like state-of-the-art, gigantic, Super duper fancy. So it had the first indoor pool. If she wanted to swim, everyone else out. Oh, nice. The pool was hers. Carolyn Stickney's pool. 
Um, it was said that she had picked her room 314 because the balcony allowed her to look out at the guests as they arrived. And she is said to have stood on that balcony and stared out at all the ladies because if she felt that one of them was dressed similar to what she was going to wear, she would quickly change so that she would never be matching anybody else there that night. She would be special. She would be unique. She would have her own style. Um, she would eventually grow old and pass away. And the rumors of her sticking around the hotel have persisted all these years. Um, she is said to, this is from town and country magazine who were listing out, uh, some of the top haunted hotels of which the Mount Washington hotel is one. Um, they say at this resort, you may encounter some invisible residents. The invisible habitant here, Carolyn Stickney, is known to tap on doors and once inside your room, whether you invite her in or not, she has no qualms about borrowing your belongings. She's a Victorian lady through and through, though, all manners, and will return your possessions to exactly where she had found them. Um, rumor is that checking into room 314 nets the best chance of spotting the princess as she, they call her the princess. She literally would remarry and become a princess. Right. So she's known as okay. the princess. Her four-poster bed still sits there along with Carolyn on the edge of it in the middle of the night if you're lucky or unlucky, depending on how you feel about ghosts. She's said to wake you up in the middle of the night or you will wake up in the middle of the night with the feeling of being watched. Mm -hmm. Typical ghost stuff. Yes. I'm just going to say. She gets up to run-of-the-mill ghost shenanigans. She does not have a unique haunting pattern of any type that I read, at least. Which seems strange because she didn't want to be like everybody else. She's looking at the ladies to make sure that they're not wearing the same outfits. Let's switch it up, Carolyn. That's a great point. That's a great point. Carolyn. Come on. Get your own routine. Little variety. I guess she can't see every other ghost on the planet from that balcony or else yeah, she that's would know. True. Yeah, maybe she thinks she's being super unique. Yeah, maybe she's she like, thinks. Check that this out. They just walk around. I'm going to look right at them. I'm going to blow their minds. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. <laughs> Simple little stuff. Uh, I did find from a few other blogs unverifiable claims of other ghosts. Okay. Uh, cowhampshireblog.com I will repeat <laughs> cowhampshireblog.com says, quote, babies can be heard crying in the Mount Madison room. Hmm. Okay. They also point out count Ma uh, count Hampshire blog cowhampshireblog.com the hardest website to, that's there they're on the masthead it says cowhampshireblog.com the hardest blog name to say they point out that joseph stickney when he died of his heart attack it happened in new york city not even carolyn stickney actually died at the mount washington hotel mm. however two people two people at least have this is from the New York Times. On Friday, September 13, 1907, Daniel Willis James, a very wealthy metal merchant of New York and senior member, died at 75 at the Hotel of a Heart Attack. And on Wednesday, August 8, 1917, Alfred N. Beadleston Sr., Oh, my God. Alfred N. Beadleston Sr., Wow. Head of the brewing concern of Beadleston and Wurtz. You're still reading as the same character, I think, right? Aren't you kind of like a newsman reading these things? So why did your voice change from dead person to dead person? Um, I got possessed by Alfred and Beadleston Sr. I course. knew it. That's why I was asking. Be gone. <laughs> oh! oh, thank you, Kristen, for cleansing You're my welcome. soul real quick. You're welcome. Your powers have grown. Hmm. I've been working on them. Anyway. Alfred N. Beadleston Sr. died at 69 years old of intestinal hemorrhages. Ooh. But you never hear about the ghosts of Daniel Willis James or Alfred N. Beadleston Sr. It's because that name's too hard to say. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's way easier to say Princess Carolyn. They don't bother getting into it. Right. Uh, but there are things that other people say. So I looked around and I tried to see what is it that people say about the Mount Washington Hotel uh, people who have actually stayed there. What were their experiences? And so I've got a few, not very many, but I do have a few reports from people out there in the world. User Terminally Chill 
on Reddit, this is on the Haunted subreddit, said, It's a very cool place with so many intricate details. I felt a little bit like someone was watching me sleep and I woke up a few times, but I didn't see anything. The entire place creaks as you walk around and you can feel how old it is. It's a great experience. Cool. User Chanel on Google Reviews had the best review of anything ever. No offense, but... The place is haunted and literally reminds me of The Shining. But all the other stuff is slaying. <laughs> what does that mean? All the other stuff is slaying. Also, but makes it okay. I guess she's saying that's not a good thing. The place is haunted and literally reminds me of The Shining. That's not good. No but offense. Everything but everything else is slaying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> It's funny to also say to the internet, right? You're posting this out to the world. Yes, I'm letting you know. No offense, but mm-hmm. this place literally reminds me of The Shining. That reminds me of, I hate to admit it, but this pizza sucks. Which is something <laughs> our dad said. <laughs> he set it up like he was like, I hate to admit it, but this is actually very good pizza. But he said, you know, I hate to admit it. This pizza sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hate to admit it implies that something defied Something's your expectations coming. and was good. Yeah. Nope. We were eating a salad pizza. It was crust with with lettuce on top. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to admit, this pizza sucks. Pizza sucks. <laughs> really threw us for a loop. It was awesome. <laughs> That's really, it was like a twist ending to a to a just a, rev, a review. Yeah. Uh, here's a, a very odd, a very odd explanation of a stay at the Mount Washington Hotel that I found on RedOakProperties.com. Now. I, I checked Red Oak Properties appears to me to be like a real estate company. They'll help you find a hotel. They'll help you find a place to live. Mm-hmm. They have a blog on that website. And in October 2017, whoever wrote the blog just started talking about their experience at the Mount Washington Hotel. Maybe they're going for like a spooky theme because it was October. Maybe. It was it was. It like was how people who like keep content calendars for social media really keep an eye on like it's National Ice Cream Day, so we should hashtag National Ice Cream Day and like have our mascot holding an ice cream. Maybe whoever was writing the the blog for RedOakProperties.com was like, it's October. There's okay. a theme here. I got to strike while the iron is hot. That makes sense. Well, you can read. I'll have links to everything I've been talking about in the show notes. You can read up on their full experience, but I do have some highlights here. The whole thing is worth a read. At about 1 a.m., I was awakened by a scratching sound on the window near the st- on, on the windowsill near the sitting area. I wondered if it might be windy outside. As I was getting ready to get up and look, I heard one loud clank on the pipe near the window. I was frozen in bed. I listened carefully and could hear no wind, and the heat was not on in the hotel, so I knew there was no reason for the pipes to clang. Hmm. Um, also, this person's husband, partner at one point uh, uh, woke up and said, uh, and and from the blog it says, he excitedly told me that he had fallen asleep and he felt someone nudge his shoulder. He thought it was me, but he realized he was there alone. OMG! (laughs) I like that. That evening we went to bed about midnight. At 2 a.m. the metal cover on the ice bucket in the room fell off the empty bucket and fell to the floor with a clang, which would definitely jolt you in the middle of the night and is that something scare that the hell out of me obviously it could just be that the the cover of the ice bucket was precariously placed and it was slowly sliding over the course of hours certainly what an ice cube melting that water forming sure doing a scooch but, but you're still. in a haunted hotel room and you are primed yes. for things like this i sat straight up in bed i could smell a flowery perfume in the air around me i could not budge from the bed i do not wear perfume So where was this smell coming from, and why would the lid come off the ice bucket? I was now convinced that there was a ghost in the room. The next morning, we told our waitress about what we had experienced. She just nodded with a knowing smile. Uh, And this last one that I have for you is from a website called ClassyGirlsWearPearls.com. I'm the webmaster there. (laughs) Oh, I haven't heard the term webmaster in a while. (laughs) Man, wow! what's going on with me today? In the year 2020, doesn't the term webmaster sound like something from Hellraiser? Yes, it does. <laughs> right? Like, yes, it does. You found me, the webmaster, the and lord so of the internet. I say again, I am the webmaster Who is the nefarious, classygirlswearpearls.com. Who's like the dark leader of the internet, <laughs> you know? 
Mark Zuckerberg. I still would, yes. I still would love to cover like bad horror movies that are like freaky.com. Yeah, you know absolutely. About? Like yes. movies and stuff that were all about how how unknown and scary the net is. Absolutely, like the net. The net. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, in January 2019, uh, Sarah Vickers wrote this blog post. She runs a company called Keel James Patrick. She is married to a man named Keel. And in her setup to her experience at the Mount Washington Hotel, here's what I gather. She frequently visits this hotel. She, I think, is the modern sort of uh, uh, well-to-do person who has it in their means to to vacation at the Mount Washington Hotel with some regularity. That's awesome. Now I really wish I was the webmaster of this. Oh, so I was in with this person. I wish I was the webmaster. Um, she is friends with Amy Bruni of Ghost Adventures and the show Kindred Spirits. Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters, sorry. Yep. Um, and she went to the Mount Washington Hotel as part of an event thrown by a company called Strange Escapes. Are, yep. you, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that for a sec. Oh, very mm -hmm. interesting. Okay. So anyway, here is from that that blog post. And I really, I thought that this was interesting really because it seems to me that this is an experience from somebody who might have been of the caliber of person who would have been the ideal clientele way back when the Mount Washington Hotel opened in the first place. Yeah. Um, so here's from the blog. Again, read the whole thing. Link in the show notes. I love the idea of the hotel being haunted, but I was glad that I did not have any real life experience to validate it. To validate it. I cannot say the same for Keel, her partner Keel. He claims to have felt pins and needles on his feet in the middle of the night. He also couldn't go back to bed after seeing a man's face in the mirror on the way to the bathroom at three in the morning. Now, uh, Sarah Vickers discounted this event from Keel's point of view, saying maybe he was drinking, maybe it was a trick of the light. This is all to point out that I think Sarah Vickers is being pretty upfront with what she does and does not believe and is not just ready to jump in and say, definitely a ghost, right? Um, at one point, they got a text from Amy Bruni and some of the other ghost hunting people that were there saying that they had gotten some activity as they were ghost hunting in room 314. There was a ghost in there saying Keel's name over and over again on an EVP recording. She couldn't personally verify that. She said that she listened to a bunch of EVPs where ultimately to her, it just sounded like light scratching coming through on the recorder. Mm -hmm. So she left eventually the, the Mount Washington hotel, not necessarily feeling, Oh, I believe in all of this stuff, but it's exactly for that reason that I actually like her accounts of these things. Right. And even though they're sort of just oddities, scratching on a recorder, somebody said that this guy's name was repeated all over the place. Her husband saw a man's face in the mirror and she doesn't buy any of it is exactly the kind of thing that makes yeah. me go, oh, cool. I'm interested. <laughs> Maybe. It's the people that go, oh, yeah, I definitely believe in ghosts and I saw all these things that makes me discount it. Mm -hmm. This is the exact opposite. Yeah. So uh, it seems like from reading people's accounts, don't get your hopes up. Most people that leave reviews about the Mount Washington Hotel do not even talk about the haunted history unless they're just saying, it's interesting to learn about these things in general. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like even if you have an encounter of your own, it's going to be something that necessarily leaves a, uh, you know, sends a chill running up your spine. It'll be the kind of thing that you debate among your friends and loved ones forever without any solid answer to, which seems to be most ghost things. Um, but one thing is for certain. There's still more fun to be had. The Mount Washington Hotel coming up in January 2021, Kristen. They're going to be doing a murder mystery dinner theater coming soon. Doo-wop disaster at the Snowball. I'm interested. It's called A Dance with Death, a 1950s sock hop gone sour. And just to give a pitch to all of you listening, this 1950s dance is a doo-wop disaster. When a death on the dance floor makes this night a party foul, it's up to you to figure out who done it and get this dance back on track. Trade clues with your guests, gather information about the crime, and reveal the punk that made this dance nowheresville. This night of laughter and dancing is now too heavy to razz anyone's berries, so it's up to you to find the murderer. I'm into it. I have no idea what it means. 
to say that something is too heavy to, I'm not sure to raz your berries. I wonder if being like, hey, man, you're razzing my berries was something that people said in the 50s. That I'm just not aware of. Hey, quit razzing my berries, Ted. Yeah, right. I don't know. But uh, I mean, that's awesome. This punk's been razzing my berries <laughs> since the start. He's making this whole day nowheresville. Yeah. Anyway. That's fun. It was probably very fun to write that. Oh, I bet it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there you go. That, that's the the supposed real world story of the haunting at the Mount Washington Hotel. Very cool. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about some more experiences, some that were aired on television. But before that, we want to tell you a little bit more about ourselves and what we have to offer out there. So Guides the Unknown is an experience beyond just what you have in your podcast app. We also have a Patreon community that you can find by going to patreon.com slash pod. If you sign up for $4 or more per month over there, you get access to a Discord channel, which is like a a chat room, like a modern day chat room that's divided up into a bunch of different sections with people who are probably somewhat like you all talking about all kinds of different stuff. Um, we do fun things over there. There's actually going to be a joint movie watching party over there this coming weekend. Um, there's all kind. the discord is very cool and it's just like a nice little community of people. We also have a podcast that's just for Patreon members that comes out every month. It's called The Netherworld Dispatch, and it comes out every month on the 13th. And we do episodes there that are a little little different than what we can do on the regular feeds. Um, We talk about movies, music videos, the kind of stuff that we can embed audio into episodes to talk about in a way that we're not allowed to on main feeds. So the episodes there tend to be a little bit um, just kind of richer in that sort of multimedia way. And they're very, very cool. And we're also going to have a brand new episode. If you're listening to this on Friday as it drops in two days, we're going to have a brand new episode of the Netherworld Dispatch dropping for everybody where Kristen and I are going to be watching, listening to, and reacting to moments from holiday classics that are definitely a little too intense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's really cool over there. Check out uh, patreon.com slash pod, and you're going to love all the people you find over there and all the stuff you find over there. It's very neat. I can't guarantee that they're going to love everyone they meet. I'm willing to say they are. You're <laughs> going to love everyone you meet. You're all going to be best friends. All right, fine. No, but it's cool. Uh, we would also love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts, if you have an Apple device, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, just like IndieBot did with this wonderful, wonderful review. Spooky siblings doing their best. Listen, I don't come here every week for an academic deep dive into spook-em-ups. I come here for a delightful sampling of folklore and its pop culture tie-ins, feverishly researched and presented in the most charming and wholesome form imaginable. A sister and brother giving each other a hard time. <laughs> it's fun, it's funny, and the sheer scope means you're bound to discover something spooky you've never heard of before. And you'll definitely hear some familiar, perhaps favorite, subjects steeped in so much nostalgia it'll knock you back to your childhood blockbuster video. I'm saying it's a good podcast. I like it. Just listen to it and have a nice time with William and Kristen. They work really hard on GTTU, so the least you can do is try it. I mean, come on. They have a great rapport with each other and with their fans. Don't forget that their Patreon is packed with bonus material. Thank, Thank you, you. IndieBot, for like pitching Guide to the Unknown say, better than we can. Your check is in the mail, IndieBot. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you hire a bot that is specifically, <laughs> specifically about pitching indie podcasts. Yeah, it's a hype bot. It is. Uh, but yeah, we would love to see more positive reviews come through uh, to join reviews like this one. Maybe I'll read it on a future episode of the show. That was very nice. So yeah, um, you can find everything that we do at gttupod.com. There's merch, there's a Facebook group, there's the link to that Patreon, and it's all waiting for you over there. It's all waiting for you? Mm-hmm. Are you going to make it? How long are you going to make it? Wait! Just stumble upon it. There's also a video <laughs> version of this show that is uncut unfiltered that you might like to go check out at youtube.com slash talk that's true we haven't said this in a little bit but Kristen and i always record this show live on youtube.com slash talk every wednesday at 6 p.m eastern Kristen and i go live we've got a live viewing audience that are all able to talk to each other and talk back to us um and it's a lot of fun and then that uncut show stays up uh uh up there as the live as the regular podcast goes out so yeah. it's another way to enjoy guide to the unknown yeah it's pretty neat yeah 
Okay, so now I'm going to tell you about um, the time the Ghost Hunters TV show went to visit the Mount Washington Hotel, as well as William, some freaky deaky reviews from people who stayed there and experienced phenomena. Wonderful. Yes. Now, before I get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about, about how I found out about the hotel. As I mentioned, I read Amy Bruni's book, Life with the Afterlife, um, where she talks about the Mount Washington Hotel a lot because she has the travel company Strange Escapes that you just mentioned. Oh, that's her company. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. It is a haunted travel company. So they put together overnight stays, weekend stays. There was supposed to be a week-long cruise that was like a haunted cruise um, that got canceled because of COVID. Mm. But they do all this sort of neat stuff. And she's also one of the hosts of the show Kindred Spirits. Okay. She also used to be on the show Ghost Hunters. Um, So she's been in the paranormal realm for a long time. And that story that you just told about the website that I'm the webmaster of, (laughs) Fancy Girls with Pearls, Classy Girls with Pearls. Yeah. She tells the other version of that story in the book oh, from really? her perspective. She says, like, a friend of hers and her husband went to sleep. Then they were doing EVPs and they got the husband's name. And so they texted the friend and told them or whatever. I recognize really? that story from her perspective. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's, not it's planned. really cool. I love no, that. uh-uh. No, not at all. Um, so she, Amy Bruni in particular, in particular, loves the Man Washington Hotel. She said it doesn't feel as scary as some other places. Like, you don't walk in and it doesn't have this, like, at least to her, like a really ominous vibe or anything. And she repeatedly compares it to the Haunted Mansion, which I mentioned before, but other people I saw scattered here and there said it was like that, too. Um, But she said it's kind of, like, cozy and creepy and cool and that she learns more and more about it and more and more about the spirits that she feels like inhabit it every time she goes there. Hmm. So she really piqued my curiosity about this, and that's why we decided to do this show. Then I figured that it was probably covered on some ghost show, and I thought it'd be covered on more shows, actually. I had assumed because Amy Bruni was so into it that they had visited the place in Kindred Spirits, but I don't think so. However, the show that she was a part of, Ghost Hunters, did visit the Mount Washington Hotel, but before she was on the show. Oh, okay. So... When they went to visit, it was season four, episode seven, and it aired in 2008. And they learned through the show that um, it's not operational for part of the year, a la the Overlook Hotel or the Stanley Hotel, just because of how remote it is, how extreme the weather conditions are in New Hampshire. So part of the year, because it's like snowing so much, it's shut down the same way those are, except for a little bit of maintenance staff. Again, same thing. Exactly Jack Torrance. Jack Torrance feel who have said that they've seen and heard things. It's pretty classic ghosty stuff like doors opening and closing, them locking and unlocking, hearing footsteps, things falling off of, she- off of shelves, even full body apparitions, basically lots of activity there. So the Ghost Hunters crew goes to check it out. And Ghost Hunters, I guess I knew this anyway, but um, Amy Bernie points it out in the book, had a very particular angle and vibe like they were really the first paranormal show and they were going in specifically to debunk things oh they were obviously curious about ghosts and i guess they would probably say they believe in them but the aim of ghost hunters is i'm coming in or they're coming in they listen to the evidence that the people present then they go and see how they can debunk that not in like a weird like gotcha way but their idea is that maybe these things are there but we can study them more effectively if we rule out all other possibilities first so we're really looking for those possibilities when they come in that makes that sense that is the deal with ghost all right hunters. so that's their angle as opposed to Zach Bagan's method of trying to intimidate Ghosts. Correct. I could not help but notice how different these two shows are. Really? I know I've talked about it before um, that like after seeing so much of Ghost Adventures, at some point, I think before we even did our short-lived spinoff podcast, Ghost Adventures Adventures, I think that this came up on the show where I was like, I've only watched Ghost Adventures for a while, then I watched an episode of Ghost Hunters for Guides the Unknown, and I was like, oh my god, they're so polite and gentle. I felt the same way again when I watched this episode. If Zach Bagans were going to the Mount Washington Hotel, yeah. How do you think you would intimidate the ghosts? Yelling. 
He would be well, so mad yelling. at them. But what what character would he play? He always puts on a character like if he goes to a prison, well, he's like, I'm the new warden. The thing is, we like at least in this episode, they... I want a room. <laughs> I didn't reserve it ahead of time. You got I a expect problem? you to prepare it for me. You got a problem with that? <laughs> oh, you only take reservations? Not walk-ins? No. They didn't have a lot of... There is Princess Caroline talk, but there wasn't like... The apparition seems to be the old boiler room attendant, Joseph Middles. Okay. So we don't know him, so Zach can't be like, well, guess what? I'm taking your job. Now I run the boiler room. I'm the new princess. (laughs) That's true. He could take the crown. Yeah. So... They go in there to check out the deal and they talk to a staff member whose name is Fred Hollis, who shows them around and tells them the story of Princess Caroline and said that basically anytime anything happens there, they kind of attribute it to her. She looms large over the hotel. Um, You said something that was interesting to me and makes sense to me in light of this information. So like you said, her original bed is still in the hotel. And that was the bed that she always slept in. She literally had that brought by train from place to place if she was traveling anywhere. Oh, my God. So in the show, they said this bed was with her when she died. And I thought that was weird. I was like, I I thought it was just their very weird way of phrasing like she died in this bed. And I just kind of chalked up like it's a weird way to say that. And when you said she didn't die in the hotel, I think they said it that way because she died elsewhere. But that either in that bed or that bed was with her. So the fact that they have her original bed back in the hotel still makes it a spooky thing because even though she didn't die here, she died with this bed. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. I guess, I I don't know how she died. I guess potentially died in it, which then makes the bed sort of an anchoring Mm -hmm. focal point for For a haunting in that particular room. Yeah. That's very interesting. Totally. And maybe a residual haunting, perhaps. Although I guess people say that she interacts with them too. Like you said, she like kind of wakes people up or whatever, but it does seem like she maybe is doing some things that are just kind of habitual and residual, meaning just going through the motions of something that you did in life without an awareness that you're haunting. How great to be caught in a residual haunting where you're just snuggled up in bed. Well, she's not snuggled in what people... For all time. She's not snuggled with what people say. It's not so bad, but um, people have said that they've woken up to see a a woman sitting at the end of the bed, taking down her hair pin by pin. She might have had like an intricate updo going and then brushing it out and looking in the mirror. Like the ring. Yeah. Wait. Is in she... the movie The Ring, one of the shots on that haunted videotape mm-hmm. is of uh, uh, Sadako's mother combing out her hair, staring into the mirror. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like Sadako didn't have like an updo. She was taking out pin by pin. But you're right. No. There was hair brushing and looking into a mirror. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like not the best residual haunting because you're like kind of going to work and your arms get tired when you're doing that. So it's not as restful a bed residual haunting as it yeah. might sound. But like, what are you going to do? Um, guests who have stayed in the rooms sleep in the bed. If they're staying in that room, they sleep in her bed. And some people have reported feeling something dragging across their feet while in that bed. Um, I wonder if you could combine these things. So let's say that she is doing some sort of residual haunting sort of deal. And she is really just sitting at the end of the bed undoing her hair and brushing her hair could she have had her arm down for a second when she's putting a pin down and that feeling is sweeping across their feet or is her hair so long that when she initially lets it down i know i thought that too but that's really long it hair. is really I mean, long it could It'd be, be down to your butt yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but not not impossible um, another place that seems like a hot spot in the hotel as told to ghost hunters is the South Hall or the South Tower. They kind of call it that interchangeably, where back in the day, a lot of employees lived there and they were charged $35 for a small room of their own for the week. Um, one employee while living there reported hearing a tap at the door. And when they opened it up to see what it was, there was a whitish shape there that then disappeared. 
So in modern times, there's a security officer named Kathy Hoganson who said that whenever she has to patrol the South Tower, it makes her feel really uneasy. She said that it has this like heavy, oppressive vibe and that it has even given her kind of like a weak in the knees feeling. She just like does not like being around there. Hmm. So when she has to patrol, she tries to move through as quickly as she can. And then once she's cleared that area, she said she feels totally fine again. Wow. Another area that seems to be active is that there's a wall of names, which is very cool, um, where employees from the early 1900s on have signed it. And it's like it's above the dining room for guests and it's kind of like padlocked away. So you open this thing and you're almost in like an attic space where there's a wall with everybody's names just scribbled onto it. So like I said, the dining room for guests is directly below it. And Fred, that employee, says that people have reported sounds above them, almost sounding like a basketball being bounced. Weird. So could it be spirits up there signing the wall in a residual way or maybe checking it out in an intelligent way? Who knows? Maybe somebody's up there uh, practicing their b-ball moves. Maybe on their break or something. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. So they, you know, they go into the investigation part of the show and Steve and Dave investigate the South Tower and they hear noises that they can't explain and take some EVP recordings that seem to not really come to anything. And this is the first place where I heard how polite they are contrasted to ghost adventures. Um, they're just like, okay, we'd like to hear you if you have anything to say. So please say something that we could hear on our recorder if you want. They're just being like super polite the way you would be to a person or whatever. The closest things get to being combative during the whole episode is when they are tracking a ghost that has been said to push people in this certain area. So um, they say there are a number of different investigators, but they say, do you have a problem with authority? I dare you to push one of us. What are you waiting for? Are you a coward? But it's kind of in like a casual questioning tone. So even though it's like, are you a coward? Just kind of like, what are you waiting for? Are you a coward? That's so weird. Not like, what are you waiting for? Is there a coward here with us? I think I smell a coward. <laughs> it's, it's weird. to How can you calmly ask that question, right? Like, uh, oh, why aren't you pushing me? What's the matter? Are you a coward? Like, it, it really is kind of like that. It was Chris Williams, um, who at this time was the only female investigator. And then Amy Bruni came on. Yeah, she was just kind of like, what are you waiting for? Are you a coward? Huh. <laughs> Weird. Very different from our uh, most popular ghost hunting show of today. Um, so they've taken they take a number of EVPs. None of them really pan out. Um, at one point, Grant and Jason also take EVPs in Prince, Princess Carolyn's room, and she asks them, or they, excuse me, they ask her if she minds them being there and to give a sign if she does, and they hear a weird bang right there. Oh. They decide that it was probably the heat turning on. <laughs> no, so no, it couldn't have been. Probably not anything. Maybe if you're going in <laughs> solely to debunk. Right, because I say, well, what if it was the heat t- turning on, but what if it was Princess Carolyn turning the heat on? I guess you can't afford to ask a ghost, do you wish that we would leave if you can't even leave anyway right like you know what i mean like wh- uh, what do you mean didn't they what did they ask uh they just ask if she minds them being there and to give a sign okay. if she does yeah so so if you ask that we'll question yeah. and then you get a yes right and you're like but it was a pipe then you it's like well we can't leave and we have to continue making stuff you don't have an option when you're making a show to be like oh she doesn't like us being here so we should go well, they never said they would go. They were just kind of like, do you not like it or not? <laughs> or do you? But isn't it, then also, isn't it then also weird to ask, like, are we bothering you? And you get a yes and then be like, okay, well, I've got 18 <laughs> other questions. We're here to stay. <laughs> yeah. So, like, why ask that question? Because now all of a sudden it makes you weird for sticking around. That's true. But I guess that's their gentle form of provocation. Perhaps. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they need a reaction, but they're not going to be as like hardcore about it as maybe the Ghost Adventures crew. What's the matter, Twinkle Toast? Do you wish that we would go away? Just like more like hardcore questions <laughs> with an innocent. Yeah. Demeanor. Yeah. Saying really mean things, but like nicely. Are you a punk ass? <laughs> Are you... <laughs> Turn on my flashlight, you loser. <laughs> What are you going to cry? Are you going to squirt some tears? Are you going to cry? Ew, squirt some tears. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that. 
Um, at one point, it seems like they're getting something. So in a certain area, Steve is getting an EMF spike, and it seems to be only contained. If they go a little bit too far this way, if they go a little bit too far that way, it goes back down. And they realize that the EMF meter is Re, like registering this closer and closer to the floor. So they decide to, to check out what's below them in the basement and they find wires emitting high frequencies right below the floor, oh. which are creating something that they refer to as a fear cage. I have never heard this before and I've actually not even, I, I guess I've heard of it, but I haven't thought about this in a long time. They say that a fear cage is a confined area in a location that might naturally em emit a high electromagnetic field because the idea is that there is a real electromagnetic field, but it, that might be actually affecting people's perception, even though there's an, an explanation for it. Oh. So they say that those high electromagnetic waves can cause nausea, fatigue, and maybe even paranoia. So there's this area that you could call a cage that'll make people freaked out, but there's a reason for it. That's interesting. Which I thought was very Th There are frequencies that are said to to create anxiety and they're used in a lot of horror movies and, mm -hmm. and things like that that's if that's produced as a byproduct of some other electrical process yeah. then you accidentally are emitting right a sound wave that naturally makes people anxious right that's right. interesting and, and be and so if you combine that sort of anxiety with a place that's said to be haunted yeah then the logical conclusion you would draw is that there's something here well not or, logical but you know given or what's going people on frequently you. claim there's something here mm -hmm. because of this other this perfectly you know easy not necessarily easy to explain but this perfectly natural thing is happening Right. That makes people more prone to claim something is making them feel weird right on this spot. Exactly. But if the people don't know that, yeah. they're just feeling a certain way. They know this place has a haunted history. So they deduce that they're experiencing something. That's very interesting. I know. I think it's really cool. Um, so then I did kind of a rundown of different ways that they theorize about things or debunk them. Because they do end up concluding that... Um, not even concluding, they just kind of, when they talk to the woman who was their contact at the hotel at the very end to give them their findings, it's mostly debunking stuff. There's not a whole lot that they didn't have an explanation for. Um, so the things that they run into are um, they test the theory that there's something going on in that room with the wall that everybody signs. So Grant goes into the room while Jason is down below in the dining room and he can hear Grant walking around up there. Oh. So they figure that maybe something is somebody is taking a break up there who's not supposed to be taking a break because that's a room that nobody's supposed to go in. But maybe that's a place that people kind of sneak away to hang out for a while. Um. People also say that things randomly fall off of the shelves in this certain area. So super simple experiment. They put a glass of water on the shelf to see if it's level. It was not. So maybe things are kind of like sliding off of that if they're piled in a certain way. And that's why things are falling off the shelf. That's so simple. Exactly. That's like a Spielbergian mm -hmm. sort of explanation too. Yeah. Totally. It's just like, it's just basic stuff, but like it could that. be the cause and people might not think of it. Again, because the weight of the story of the hotel being haunted is so heavy in people's yeah. minds. They're jumping to that before anything else, partially also because it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to think that that's a thing. That's uh, like such visual language. That, yes. That, what I mean is like, that's so like cinematically. Yeah, to show on the show. Quaint to be like. Oh, things keep falling off of this shelf. Well, I can visually prove to you that the shelf is not level. Right. Yeah. And it now, was. I think it was in the kitchen. Yeah. So one of them just grabs a cup, fills it at the sink, puts it on there, and at one point it is kind of level, and they're scooching it all along the length of the shelf yeah. to make sure that's the case overall. And they're like, "Yeah, it's tilted here, so things could be falling off for that's that very reason." Interesting. There's a door that's said to open and close on its own, so they experiment and see whether it could be because of another door that's not really around there. But when you open and close that door, could that be causing some sort of movement in the building? And it seemed to do that. It seemed that the other door was reacting when this other door was open and closed. I have that down here. If I have, because there's a storm door that goes to my backyard, if I have that storm door open, the door at the top of the stairs to my basement will close of its own accord. They called it like a reverse vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they kind of end up ruling that out. And like I said, they end up concluding that there are just a lot of explanations for the things that people are experiencing as paranormal. But they do say it doesn't mean that there isn't paranormal activity there, but they need to rule out everything that could explain it away. Love it. So for example, if they were to take care of those wires, because there was a problem with the wires. It wasn't just that the wires underneath the floor emitted a high electromagnetic frequency. There's something that you could fix with those so they don't do that. So they said, for example, if you fix those wires and people are still reporting a lot of paranormal activity in that area, it might warrant a second look. But at least we know now that that is a contributing factor. What happens if you take a place, take a hotel where all the wires are fine Mm -hmm. and damage them in the ways that that set of wires was damaged? Will the entire hotel become a fear fear cage? cave? Or cage? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess so. That's interesting. I want to see like the the flip side of that experiment. Yeah, yeah, the the full expression. You create the most anxiety-ridden place on the planet yeah, yeah, yeah what comes out of that yikes well let's see what some people have experienced after the ghost adventures ghost hunters excuse me crew left all these reviews from TripAdvisor were well after 2008 i'm gonna hope that the hotel took care of those wires i, I have no idea right and also i'm just doing a dumb segue these are all in different areas of the hotel but Let's listen into some haunted experiences from TripAdvisor. Let's. So this is from Lisa M. 19. There were five of us in a suite, two queen beds in one room and a pullout couch and rollaway in the parlor, which was another room that was connected through the bathroom. The first night in the main room, my friend felt someone pushing slash sitting on her chest, and an hour later she felt pressure and pushing on her head between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m., The next night, the same friend felt her sheet being pulled off her during the same time period. In the parlor on the second night, one friend reported tapping on the pullout couch, which then moved towards the rollaway. She heard someone near the door moaning and crying. This occurred between the same 2 to 4 a.m. window. Although I did not have the experience, my friends uh, were pretty shaken up by these events. It's a beautiful old hotel with good food and great ambiance. And although I would come again, I'm not sure my friends would. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Let's hear from Gracie Ann 5555. I had a great time at the Mount Washington Hotel. The food was fantastic and the people were friendly and the staff was helpful with everything. It's a gorgeous hotel with amazing views and art. I live in the area and I was aware the hotel was haunted, but it didn't bother me. They put me in room 314. And I knew it was the one everyone talked about. I just remembered that I love this story in this review. I didn't bring any cameras or EVP machines. I was just looking for a nice getaway, not an investigation. That night, I had a delicious dinner, and I sat by a fireplace until about 8.30. Then I went up to my room, and I went to bed. I woke up in the night feeling very cold. I was chilled to the bone. I kind of wiped my eyes and sat up to straighten my blankets and get cozy again, and I was lightly startled by a woman in a very old-fashioned nightgown at the end of my bed brushing her hair. Hmm. She wasn't looking directly at me, and she didn't say anything. She just brushed her hair. I shook my head and sat up straight and felt for the light with my eyes on the figure, but when I turned the light on, she was gone. I knew what I saw, and I wasn't scared, and I didn't feel unsafe. Though I woke up feeling cold, when I saw the figure, I remember I was very warm and light, comfortable. I was startled by the woman, but for the short time I saw her, I felt at peace. She had a warm glow to her and a friendly vibe. She wasn't creepy or scary. She was just brushing her hair in her old room. And before I went back to sleep, I said out loud, you can stay with me. I don't mind. And I wasn't cold for the rest of the night. Hmm. I woke up in the morning to find most of my belongings in the center of the room on the floor. I kind of giggled at the fact that the princess really makes herself known. Then I went and had a beautiful breakfast and went for a walk. Amazing hotel, great food, great people, and a special guest whom I will never forget. person's like walking on sunshine. I know! They handled that haunting with... A plum. Yes. I mean, they must have a pretty nice life in at least some ways, like in the ways of freedom, because they live in the area and just decide to go here for like a fun... By the way, room 314 is called the Princess Suite, and it Mm -hmm. is quite large, is my understanding. It is not an average room you might happen to get. Somebody else says they happened to get it. I I have a couple that said they happened to get it as well. It's another case of maybe conflicting information. I have a couple of cases of people saying that like they were randomly given the room, Mm -hmm. and a couple of cases from people that were like, yeah, we upgraded, and we got 314. So it's like... Yeah, it is a suite yes. in in true like 
you know, cost. Totally. Okay. So that's what happened in this next review. The person started the review with some complaints about the room that they were in and they let the staff know and they upgraded them. So this is what Swim Bike Run 10 has to say about it. I do believe this room could be haunted as I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a dark shadow at the foot of our bed move over to the bay window. Uh, do you believe it after seeing that? <laughs> I do believe it. I did see a dark shadow. So well, maybe they're like, like it's you know, maybe they're rich and, and fancy and they're saying, I do believe I do this believe. is haunted. I should disclaim that I am blind without my glasses or contacts on, so my eyes could have been playing tricks on me, but it was a memorable experience. Earlier in the day, we had taken the hotel tour by one of the staff members, who mentioned that there have indeed been more than a few interesting reports of mysterious sightings by guests. If you really want to be amazed, ask for the photo from the concierge that shows an image of a woman in the window of Carolyn Sickney's room while the hotel was completely empty and the entire hotel staff were in front of the hotel for a photo. Hmm. Hmm. She's probably looking out the front window trying to see if any yeah, of the staff like, were dressed they like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, now let's leave it here with Don G. Yes, please. First, his review says nice things about the hotel Dong? in general. <laughs> it, well, it's separated. The Dong it's Man. Don, what happened Don? to him? Uppercase G. Okay. Okay. Not the Dong Man. Well, this is a hotel. Things Let's happen. leave it here with Dong Man 69420. <laughs> <laughs> Dong Man 69420 <laughs> says nice things about the hotel. And then also, there are many claims the resort is haunted. Now, I am pragmatic and not a believer in hauntings. However, my wife, Dong Gal69420, opened our window around 2 a.m. Wait a second. Opened our window around 2 a.m. whereas she was warm. Wait a second. This seems funny. What? Hang on. <laughs> However, Improper my wife. Improper use of whereas. My wife opened our window around 2 a.m. I'm going to say because she was warm. Because she was warm. Because she was warm and the feeling the ceiling fan came on by itself. When I woke up in the morning and asked when she turned it on, she explained she didn't. It just came on when she opened the window? Bunch of question marks. In summary, I strongly recommend this resort and we will be back with the entire family. <laughs> Dong family 69. The entire Dong clan. <laughs> in conclusion, I will be coming in with all my boys for a rager. <laughs> Uh, though we may request another room with no ceiling fan smiley face ending your review with like well how did he wrap it up in summary in summary it feels like an essay i know it's funny i wonder if it started like in this review i will whatever i will say these last two where i said like they said nice things about them and then they were a long review sure yes of course so um not impossible yeah a, a lot of the ones that i found as well were like primarily about the hotel and then a little bit about the haunted history and everything yeah um yeah it's interesting it's one of those uh cases where it has such a reputation it's mm -hmm. hard to know its reputation precedes it. It certainly does. Yeah. It's very much the kind of thing that uh, I, I do not have the opportunity. I already looked it up just out of curiosity. It would be a six and a half hour drive yeah. from here. But I was like, this is the kind of thing that I, I would really need to personally get in there. Well, okay. So like I said, Strange Escapes has had events there before. Hopefully they will again. Our friend Liz Sauer of Ghosts in the Burbs went to one of the events that they had at this hotel there, uh, hotel with her two daughters. Is that right? Yes. And so I was saying to her, maybe someday we can't, you know, when, when things are different in the world and we can have gatherings and stuff again, maybe Strange Escapes will do something where we can all meet up. And now maybe it'll that, be this hotel. Who knows? That would be something. Yeah. That would be very cool. I was really, I was cruising before all this, the Strange Escapes lineup, because I've been aware of it for a little while. And I was looking at the cruise and I was like, could I go on this cruise by myself and like do this? And I was like, it's very expensive. Uh, I mean, they, it's, they do really cool things. I don't like the idea of you on a cruise alone. <laughs> something that's just like too peaceful. <laughs> it's weird. I wouldn't say this about anybody. Everybody do whatever you got to do. But the idea of, <laughs> of Kristen on a cruise alone, like sipping a glass that has an umbrella in it and stuff like on the deck of a ship. It's just not something that I, you know, I guess I want you to feel you that peace. Want it for me. <laughs> I just don't. It's so, it's so weird. <laughs> Can't imagine it. 
You'd be the Carolyn Stickney of the boat. You'd be there. Oh, as if. Like I'm be there fancy on your like own? Carolyn Stickney. You like left your husband at home with the dogs so that you could go on this fancy cruise. I do things alone. No, I, I know you do. It's fine. I'm not saying it's I've done weekend uh trips alone. <laughs> yeah, but like where you knew people. <laughs> no, I didn't. What? No, I didn't. What are you talking about? I, when I went to the yoga retreat in Reading twice, I didn't know anybody. You're right. <laughs> You're right. This is you. Oh, my God. I'm my own best company. And Reading, Connecticut, as yeah. it turns out in, in my grown-up years, is like it is a well-to-do Yeah, yeah. area. Yeah, it is. Yep. I mean, I stayed at the like the Motel Six. What but... is your life? <laughs> this is weird. It's like you've got like a secret life. No, I don't. You knew about those two things. All right, what's it? What is it called when somebody has like a life that's not necessarily a secret life, but like <laughs> the people that they told about it didn't really think about it that much, <laughs> and how weird it was. Didn't think about it that hard. <laughs> Just took it at face value. That's what you've got. Also, there were sometimes group activities at the um, retreat I went to, and I didn't engage in them. Now that's that's what I'd anticipate. That's what I expect. <laughs> yeah. There was there was like this is a total. There was like a podcast convention that I went to a few years ago, and it was like three days, and I was with people from work. And any time that we weren't in a giant room where we weren't allowed to talk, as we were listening to people speak or something, I'd be like, "All right, well, I'll catch you guys later." Yeah, yeah. And I'd just go up to my hotel room, just sitting there. <laughs> like, that's that's what, what I am did. I supposed to do? Spend spend time bonding with people that time it's not me that time that i went to um the psychic or I, well i guess it was psychic in reading um that we've talked about before it's in episode i think six of this show about pamela Voorhees. you're gonna wonder what connection is but go check it out and you'll know why do you know this off the top of your head i, I think i'm right i'm not why are you weird <laughs> anyway the reason I had the opportunity to do that was because there was like a group lunch and I said deuces and I went off on my own. All in favor of kicking her out of the, the fun yoga retreat, say hi. I did all the yoga classes where you don't talk to anybody. I we don't like you. We'd like you to go away now, please. I gotta say, everybody Deuces. was actually, everybody was really nice. Like when I did talk to them, suspiciously <laughs> nice. No, no, they were just like nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just you know, oh, lone, lone wolf. Right. Well, <laughs> fancy weird choices, Raj. Thank you. All right, let's get you on that boat. Yeah. <laughs> Want to hear all about it? Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that brings Alone us to the, the end. Seas. That would be the name of the episode. A loner on the high seas. Me just gazing out. <laughs> That'd be the name of your like memoir. Oh my god. Yep. Your autobiography. Yep. Um, all right. We that's it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> done now. Thanks for listening, everybody. GTTUPod.com. Mm -hmm. Leave reviews. Go to Patreon, sign up, get get fun stuff. This Sunday, yeah. new episode of the Netherworld Dispatch. That's right. We're going to be watching weird moments from holiday classics. Yes, we will be talking about the Robert Zemeckis 2009 version of A Christmas Carol where Jim Carrey plays oh, everybody. God. Yes, we will be talking about the guy that plays the taxi driver in Scrooged with Bill Murray. Oh, and we'll be talking about some Rankin Bass stuff, which we mostly love, but yep. is undeniably freaky sometimes. We'll be talking about that horrible moment in A Christmas Story where that Santa Claus puts <laughs> his foot on that child's face Ugh. and pushes him down the slide, and that kid who gets his tongue stuck to a pole. Ew, All I these moments that don't like, want to do this. Oh, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. We're literally, we're about to record it, so go yeah. listen to it. It'll be out on Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, every 13th of the month, a new episode hits the Netherworld Dispatch on patreon.com slash Pod. You can hear us squirm and scream and be very, very uncomfortable. That's right. Um, so thank you all so much for hanging out with us uh, at gttupod.com to keep up to date with everything that we're up to. There's a secret society on Facebook. There's a Discord just for our patrons. And if you absolutely must, feel free to tweet us. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Chris I'm at the Myth Traveler. So thank you all for hanging out with us. We will see you next time for more weird stories. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to do anything that weird between then and now. Mm. We're like locked down. Yeah, I don't count on it. <laughs> uh, until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Solo. Go we. You can't come. A solo trip? I Have I ever taken a solo trip?
You have for business. For business. What you have? For business versus pleasure. <laughs> what another weird thing to say. No, that's not weird. Purpose of travel. No. no, no. Pleasure. No, I disagree. I did not say (laughs) that. That's at the border to Connecticut where they stamp your passport. Purpose for this visit? Pleasure. Pleasure. (laughs) And then they stamp your passport with a smiley face. 